Good morning. I just, you guys all look beautiful, wonderful this morning. All right. I probably need another 20 minutes just to kind of settle my soul. <laughs> but interesting, Pastor, that you, you, you know, this morning when I woke up, I was reminded of something you told me back in 1981 in the house that, that I moved you to in the condo in, in, uh, in Moore Park in our youth group. I was reminded of, uh, you know, it's, it's not a scripture, but it's from the scripture. It's from 2 Corinthians 5, 23. But you said that, that you, we... I am a spirit, and I have a soul, and I live in this body. You know, in, tw- in verse 23 of, of uh, Thessalonians 5, it says, it says that, he's, that it, he's going to wholly sanctify us, both spirit, soul, and body, complete completely. So when I came, that was, the, that was like the first thing I heard this morning. I went, wow. So you're going to completely sanctify us wholly. And that's not holy, H-O-W, H-O-L-Y. That's holy as in complete. So it's not only is he going to sanctify us in our spirit, but also the soul and the body. See, God has a unique purpose that he thinks that he can completely do everything that he thought, that he imagined, that he dreamed, that he purposed before foundations of the earth. He purposed it, and he still believes he can do it. Still complete. So a word I heard back in 1981 that I have, that in my own strength, many, 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 many times tried to make my soul complete. Tried to make it mature, if you want to think of that, that word as being mature, or I just wanted to make it complete. I wanted to make it completely his. That word comes back this morning. So, which is interesting because, you know, it's, you know, it's, God's so, so unique in his ways, right, that all week, I, I mean, I, pastor said back in the end of November, the beginning of December, I'd just gotten back from, from a trip to, to my family and that, and he said, oh yeah, by the way, I want to, I wanna, Cammie and I feel like that we, we just believe that your birthday falls on the 28th of January, and I said, yes, it does, and that's a, that's a Sunday, and he said, and he says, we want to celebrate your birthday, and my first thing was, no, 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 we don't have to celebrate my birthday, you know, in, in my, in my, my thoughts, I was thinking, no, that's, that's the last thing I want to do on my birthday, you know, it's the last thing I want to do is shine a big light on me and say, look at me. You know, but I said, but I said, but, I, but because, because I, here's the thing. Because I believe that he hears God, 
then I, then I said, okay, then I'll submit. Not submit like it's a bad thing, like I, I, don't, like I don't want someone to recognize my birthday. But I'll submit because, because in it, my soul, right? I, I, I am a spirit and I have a soul and I live in a body, but my soul is so intertwined with who I am. It is who I am, right? I mean, God, Ephesians 2 says that I was made alive when I was in, when I was in the death of my trespasses and sin. So when I was a sinner, bound on my own way, God made me alive. So just as a point of reference for everybody who sees with your eyes and hears with your ears what the world's saying and what the world's doing and the place that the world's at, and we judge it and we look at it and we try to configure it, don't worry about it. You know why? Because the world has been made alive in their trespasses and sin. They just don't know it yet. They've not come to the knowledge of who Jesus is in the midst of their journey of walking out their rebellion. Right? I mean, Jesus made me alive when I was dead in my trespasses and sin. I just didn't know it. I just didn't know it. It took a Friday night. It took going to a Christian concert that I didn't want to go to. It took hanging out with people I didn't want to be with, Christians, right? It took submitting myself to my physical father and to go and to be in this place, to sit. And funniest thing, and I know I've shared it with you guys before, is my stepbrother and his buddy drove me there that night to this concert. And they, they put me in the second row they just come and said, hey, come sit here. Come sit here in the second row. And I'm thinking, why would, why would I sit in the second? But I'm like, here, sit in the second row. And then they said, we'll be right back. We got to use the restroom. And they left me there. You know, I told this story before. They went out and, and they didn't even go to the concert. They stood outside smoking cigarettes. They dropped the really bad heathen in the second row so that they could go backslide, <laughs> right? <laughs> but that was the night that I got saved. That was the night that I had the realization that God had made me alive and made my soul alive and took that moment, right? So the world is, is the world's, the, I always say this, the world's going to be the world because that's who they are. I have a very low expectation of what I expect from them. Because I know what was expected of me when I was dead in my trespasses and sin. Right? So when you see the world doing what they're doing, when your neighbors, when, your, when, when family, friends, whatever, the news does what it's doing, don't get, don't get shocked. Just realize that's what they are. And until they come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, they won't be any different. I don't expect CNN to change. I don't. I don't turn it on and go, oh my gosh, today's the day. 
today's the day they'll say something positive. No, they won't, they can't. I could not say anything good, anything positive, anything, nothing good came from me until I met Jesus. Right? Nothing. If you knew me, then, and there's only, I mean, there's only a couple people who have a, a general idea of what life was like before that. There was nothing positive to that. Okay? And interesting, this week God led me to a scripture that I, I knew, but I just, I just hadn't, it hadn't, it hadn't been on my, my radar for a while. And that's Proverbs 23, 7. And that is, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Right? I want to talk today about the heart of man. I want to talk about my heart. And I, this, is, this is kind of my way of doing it. Anything I say today is not about you. It's only about me. This is my journey. Your journey may intersect my journey, right? Or you may find place in the midst of the journey where you can find agreement in that. And God, and it's been my prayer, it's been my prayer all week, that, that God would speak to every person here and online in the midst of me, in the midst of me telling my journey. Okay, because that's what's really important. Hebrews 4, 7 says, Today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. Right? See, the writer of Hebrews says three times in less than two chapters, Today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. He says it in Hebrews 4, 7. He says it in Hebrews 3, 15. And he says it in Hebrews 3, 7 through 11. Which is exactly, almost word for word quoted to Psalm 95. Which is where I want to go. Psalm 95, 7. And it says it this way. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. We used to sing that old song. We used to sing that old song. Today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts as in the day of the rebellion, as in the, wild, as in the trial in the wilderness when your fathers tested me and tried me, and they, for they knew, they saw my ways. Interesting. They saw his ways and they still tested him. Right? And that goes on to say, for, for 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said, it is a people who go astray in their hearts and they do not know my ways. For I swore in my wrath they would not enter your rest. See, hearing God's voice is what keeps, hearing his, it's, hearing his voice is what keeps your heart soft. Hearing it and listening and being attentive and moving towards it. It's not obeying it. Okay? Man, I years I thought if I could obey God's voice and do everything he told me to do, then life would be great. But I found out most of the time I couldn't do it. Or if I did, I would strive to do it in the flesh. Right? Which then only, and we'll read on, 
only bound me into the law, right? Which meant there was no possible way I could please God because anything that comes from the law or comes from my flesh doesn't please God. It's only by faith, right? It's only by faith in the completed work of Jesus in the grace that comes from that. It's not, it's not from the flesh. It's not from the thing you can have as an outcome, right? Hearing his voice and choosing to agree with it over in the midst of your circumstances and keeping a soft heart in the midst of it, that pleases God. Right? Did you hear that? It's that's what pleases him. Why? Because that's faith. If I can do it, if God says go dig a hole and I can go dig a hole, right, then why would that please God? It's, I'm fully able to do it. Right? There's no faith involved in that. So it's not in the doing that pleases God. It's in where my heart is in the midst of the process. Right? It's the heart. I think it was maybe Samuel. God spoke to Samuel and said, said don't, don't look at this way. Don't look at how tall Saul is or how good looking or how functional he would be as king. Man, God doesn't look that way. God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outside. Right? I told you guys this before. For almost two years, God kept me in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 17 and 18, right? And I kept asking him, I said, God, why do you keep bringing me back here? Why do you keep bringing me back? And one day he said, because you still need to hear what it says. And that word says, I don't know if it's up there. It says, it says for this light affliction, this pressure, pressure, and it's not pressure on your outside body. That would be easy. You can all find a way to escape some of that. It's the pressure on your soul, Right? Because the soul is who you are. Right? The soul is who I am. You know, when, when that video was going and I was, my tears were running down my face, it's because my soul, it was my soul. It's who I am. Right? It's the soul of man. So this light affliction is but for a moment, but it's producing a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things that are seen, but we look at the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal. And God said, yes, you, you, still need to, you still need to keep here because you're still looking at everything that's around you as somehow being permanent and, sub and not subject to change. God can change a man in a moment. God can change it. God could, God could change this country in a moment. Yes. Turn our president around, our governor. Yes. We don't believe that. Uh, no, most of us don't believe that. Because we fret and we worry and we get concerned and we, and we bear weights and burdens that are like, wait a minute, God could turn them around. God took a terrorist bent on killing the church. And in a moment, a moment turned him around. In a moment. And we, we get all concerned about what we see. I get all concerned about what I see. Because I don't really believe 
that God can really in an instant in a, take, a, take what is a light affliction on my soul and change it. I remember I'm talking about me. Jeremiah 17 says, in verse 9, it says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. I read that and I went, oh man, I can, that's, that's who I am. See, over the last year of reading the scripture, when I read scripture, I have to look at it and think, how does that apply to me? Because, you know, Hebrews 4, 12 says that it's, that it's living and powerful and sharp and it's going to have an effect on, the, on me. It's going to separate the thoughts and the intentions of my heart. But you know what I know? I got saved in 1981, so I got a lot of years. I'm over 40 years in the kingdom. You know what I learned in 40 years? You can read the word of God, but if you don't agree with it and if you don't take it as what, it's going, what it is for you, not for someone else. I'm, I'm going to believe this word for my country. I'm going to believe it for Brian. I don't believe this word's going to chop off the stuff that's in me. Right? Then you can, you, you can read the word all you want, but if you're not agreeing with it, if you're not abiding in it, if you're not taking it, if you're not holding it, if you're not letting it have an effect on your life, it won't do anything. And now you're all out there kind of thinking, oh, that, that sounds weird. Well, Jesus said to the Pharisees, the most religious, the most faithful, the most righteous people on the planet next to him at that moment. And what did he say to him? He says, you search the scripture expecting that you'll find life, eternal life, but you're unwilling to come to me you're unwilling to come to me. So if the Pharisees, the most religious people on the planet, Jesus says, you're unwilling to come to me, then I think it's important for me when I'm to come to him. Right? The word of God alone is not enough. You've got to submit that word to him to affect me every day. So the best thing we did, Pastor, I am, I am so convinced, the best thing we did is, is just guess on how to put all those scriptures out in the 365 days and start reading them and not avoiding the ones we didn't like. Not avoiding the ones we didn't like. We just come across them. And then when we come across them, I say, Jesus, affect me today in this. Affect me. You know, this morning I was praying and I was saying, oh, it goes on in Jeremiah. I'll hold that thought. Squirrel. <laughs> hold that thought. In Jeremiah it says that, that who can know it, I, the Lord, search the heart and I test the mind. Even to give every man according to his ways and according to his doing. God tests, God puts, God as, as it were, lets me come into pressure, right? Because you know, whatsoever you sow, you reap. So if I sow to the flesh, I will reap. Thank you? Flesh. And if I sow to the spirit, then I will reap spirit. 
right? So all the times I sow to the flesh and think that nothing's going to happen, God will just let that, let that plant grow up. You don't get a lot of amens on that one, I guess, but he'll let that grow up. He'll let that come. And then that thing will put pressure. That's what that word affliction means, pressure. It means pressure. Right? It's going to put some pressure on me so that in the process, he can reveal, he can, well, Paul Cain used to say it this way, God will offend your mind so that he can reveal the heart. That's what, that's what Jeremiah is saying, right? He's going to offend my mind so that he can reveal my heart because that's what God wants. God does, God's not looking at how impressive I'm, I am. He doesn't go, man, that guy's 60. He's doing pretty good. He done, done, done nothing. God looks at the heart, right? And so he wants to put... He, 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 he's okay with your life having pressure so that he can reveal the heart. I mean, he wrote the, he gave us the entire book of Job, right, which up until last year, I avoided reading. I don't think I ever once read through Job in a manner in which I applied what was being said to me. It was a bad story that happened to someone else that Lord willing would never get, I didn't want anyone, any part of it. But when you start applying it and saying, God, you know, all God wanted was to Job to realize that he, was, that he had pride. Pride in how good and how righteous he was. So if he'll, if he'll put an entire book there, won't he, won't he, can't he, don't you think he still wants to show me? He doesn't want to show you. He wants to show me. Right? He still wants to show Brian about his pride. Right? Because even if I have a little bit, a little bit, and I somehow think a little bit of what I, how good I'm doing or how, how, how much better I am than those other people. Right? then that's pride. Right? And just a little bit will make him want to put pressure on me. And he doesn't put the pressure on it. God's not the author of it. He just lets your life just go into it. Sure, because he knows I'm going to do something that's going to sow a seed. Right? Because every word, every thought, every intention is a seed. It's going to have a, a result. So if I sow to the flesh, then I'll, I'll reap to the flesh. And God will say, okay, well, look, you'll get it. Thankfully, he also adds after that that I'm right here. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. And, I'm, and you know what I want? I want you to see Jesus right in this, in the midst of this pressure. See Jesus. Because if you see Jesus, right, and, you'll ho- and you're holding on to his word, then you can have eternal life, salvation in that moment. Right? That's what he told the Pharisees. You were unwilling to come to me. I spent most of my Christian life unwilling to come to him because I didn't want, 
I thought that I was, I thought that I was supposed to get better at this stuff. I thought that I was supposed to be better at it. Right? Romans 8 1 says, There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are who are in Christ Jesus. Right? And I thought I was supposed to get better at doing it. You can't get better at doing Jesus. If anything, you get quicker at coming to him. Okay? You get quicker. Proverbs 3, 5. I always look at this one, 3, 5 through 10. This is Diana's scripture. Diana will t- will, can tell you in a moment, at any moment. She'll tell you if you start a conversation and you're not, and she doesn't hear faith in it, she's going to bring you right back to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Are you leaning on your own understanding today? Most of the time, yes. Right? Trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he'll direct your path. Right? We stop right there most of the time. We forget the part that says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. I like to read that part as, be wise in your own eyes, trust yourself, and encounter evil. Right? Then you'll get that pressure we were talking about. Right? You don't do that, I know. You're not the kind of people that trust in yourselves. Right, it's only me. And I know it, so you don't, you're, not, you're not telling me anything I don't know. You know what the result of all that is? Trusting the Lord, not leaning on your understanding, knowledge of ways, and, he'll, and having him direct your path? You'll have health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Why? Because that's, that, that's, the, that's the outcome. Seed, seed sown, good seed sown, good, good harvest comes. It just comes. You don't have to work at it. You don't have to do anything special. It's not because you're special. It's not because your birthday fell on a Sunday and they wanted to give it to you. <laughs> Nothing to do with that. Right? And, the, and, the, and what comes from that is that, is that you're out of your life of, of honoring the Lord with your possessions and the first fruit of your increase, that your barns get full. Vats overflow. They're just, there's this outcome that happens. You know? But we don't, we don't believe that because we, we go sow seeds into the ground and we expect it to come up tomorrow. We think it's an ATM machine. God's got, God's got nothing but time. Nothing but time. Holds the beginning and the end. He goes, you want, do you need more time? I can, I can give you more. Do you need less time? You, you, your wife's old and barren? And you're all but dead? We need, we need to have a son? We can do that. Let's wait a couple more years. Let's let you try to figure it out yourselves first and see how that'll go. Live with the complications that that all brought. And then all of a sudden, one day he goes, next year. Next year. See, we want God to do... We want, God's, God's into a journey. It's filled with moments. 
right? Right? So, Romans 8.1, there's therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. We got one. Amen. (laughs) For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. See, that's what, I, that's what I start in the morning. I say, God, I want to be free today from the law of sin and death. I know I am. Positionally, I am because I'm in Christ, right? But you know the difference between positionally and experientially. Positionally, all that we're saying is true. Experientially, you get to walk it out. You get to walk it out. And when that pressure comes, right, what will you lean on? Your own understanding? I spent a lot of my life leaning on my understanding. Thinking it was God, because I had a little Christianese to it and expected it'll come out right. You, you don't do that, I know. I know. You people are holy with a W. Right? For the law could not do in that it was weak. Right? Through the flesh. Why is the law weak? Because of the flesh. Right? So that leads me to think anything I'm trying to accomplish with this is being done out of weakness, not out of strength. Man, have I spent a lot of time working out of weakness, not out of strength. Right? For the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. See, that's who you are. You're walking according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. Okay, thank you. I just, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, that's a perfect place to say amen. This isn't a quiz. You won't get it wrong. That's the right spot. You do. You walk according to the Spirit. Not according to the flesh. I walk according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. My flesh has moments. Right? That's why I need forgiveness. That's why there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right? Right? Because God's not expecting that I can do it. He wants to see how I'm going to go through it. Right? Guys, we have to change the way we think. God does not expect me to do it right. If I could do it right, I wouldn't need a savior. And you can ask any of my family and any of the second row crowd right here, I tell them I get saved every day. I get saved every single day. I come back to Jesus and say, if you're not with me, if you're not here, I am doomed to fail. Because nothing good is going to come from this flesh. You pull the grace of God away from me, I'm back to that 17-year-old kid full of lust and covetousness and envy and anger and fear. Don't 
fool yourself and think you've changed. My sin nature is still there. Right? Only one has no sin nature. Right? Jesus. He was born without that. So it's not, I'm not saying you're bad because you have a sin nature. I'm saying you're human. That's why we have grace. Right? God has grace on us, but we have grace on each other. Why? Because we're human and we have a sin nature. And we can't be expected to do it all right. Okay. That would have been a good spot. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Right? So if I spend my time on carnally thinking, thinking that I can do it, or that somehow God needs my help, right? Then that's going to bring death because it comes from the flesh. It comes from even, but it's, that's not how God wants it. All God wants me to do is have faith, small little faith like a mustard seed, right? And believe in this next situation when the pressure's on and my soul wants to run or it panics or it comes into fear or you're at the doctor's and something gets said, or it gets hinted, or we need to run more tests, right? Whatever it is, when that pressure's on, and all of a sudden that your, 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 your flesh, your soul becomes, becomes weary, right? All God's looking for is, what are you going to do then? What are you going to do? Right? Because if you somehow think, oh, we'll figure this out, we'll just do this, we'll juggle this account over here to take care of that, and we'll take care of, and, oh, if I do this, and if I take care of this, and then God goes, okay, need some more time. We're going to need some more time. That's what he probably says, Jesus, Jesus, we need more time. Keep praying. That one needs a little more time. Because to be carnally minded is that enmity with God. So my carnal way, the way I think, is totally against God. Right? Because it can't be, because it's not subject to God. Need can it be? Right? Because I have this flesh. That doesn't mean I, can, I, I have to get rid of the flesh. Because let me tell you, after all those years on the ambulance, if you get rid of your flesh, you're out of here. Right? Absent from the body, present with the Lord. So you lose this, you lose this earth suit, then nothing you can do. Okay, what time do we got? Oh, man. I still got another whole page. Lunch is, yeah, lunch is waiting on me, so I guess I can take a... <laughs> Take a little more time, right? Yeah, Rosie will have Rosie, Rosie, Rosie will make that stuff last all afternoon if we have to. <laughs> Asking for grace, Rosie. A few more minutes. Second Corinthians ten, verse four says that our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, 
but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And here's the key, bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. In Christ. Every thought. Every thought. So when that pressure comes on, this again, this is a learned trait. This is what I'm, and by no means have I achieved but when the pressure comes on and my soul wants to run and escape, wants to go get a pizza and watch a movie, whatever your escape is, right? When the pressure comes on in my, my, my thoughts, my mind, right? My mind wants to, to take, take the next step, right? It's at that point. Pastor, you said it when we were in, in youth group. The battlefield is the soul. It's the mind, right? So when that comes, when all of a sudden you're like, oh, the pressure's on and I got to, and you, and you, okay, let's just, let's just be real. When you act out and you get fearful, right? And then all of a sudden God reminds you, whether by your wife saying something, a friend the radio, whatever it is, and you find yourself, wait a minute, no, I need to trust God. Remember, that, remember pastor said that scripture, it's somewhere in Psalms or Proverbs. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. Right, that comes to mind. See, that's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit likes to bring back stuff back to your remembrance, so to, to help you, because he's the helper. He's the comforter, right? He wants to help you. So all of a sudden that comes to you, and you go, oh yeah, that's right. When I'm afraid, I'm going to trust in you, Jesus. When I'm afraid, I'm going to trust in you. Right? So instead of now trusting in yourself or your carnal or your thoughts at that moment, you start to lean into. You start to press in. You start to, to get into that, that word, that thing that's been said. Now you're moving out of the carnal. You're moving into faith. You're not trusting in yourselves right? And you're pulling on God and all of a sudden you start to, you start to, you start to step into the spirit, right? This isn't new stuff. It's just my journey. I'm just telling you, you guys know this. You do it all the time or you do it occasionally in time, right? Ephesians 4, 17 says, I say therefore, and I testify to the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles or the heathens, right? The sinners walk in the futility of their minds. So I started saying, God, are you saying that, any, that my mind is still futile even though it's submitted to God? Yeah. Because if I let it, if I let it run its course on its own, right? Not submitted to the word, not submitted to Jesus, right? Then it'll always run into fear and lust and covetousness. Covetousness. Right? I know yours doesn't, but, but I do. Right? Which is why every morning, every day, I have to go back to the Word. 
I've got to go back to pray. I've got to go back to submitting myself to him. Right? Because his mercy is new every morning, that's a great start, but that's not enough if I don't go obtain it. Right? I mean, thankfully, I wake up every morning, I'm still breathing. No one's throwing dirt on me. Right? You're still breathing. So you got mercy for the day. But you got to go, I don't know about you, i got to go obtain it because I can't eat yesterday's. I like to spend a lot of time eating yesterday's or last Sunday's word. You guys don't do that, I know. Yeah. You have it delivered by spiritual Uber. We can talk about that another time. Let someone else cook it. First Peter one thirteen says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest in the hope fully on the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ, as obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lusts. Don't go backwards. Don't go backwards. God wants you to press on and move forward. He wants you to lean in, not on your own understanding, right? Those who walk in the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit, right? Those who, who walk in the flesh set their minds on the flesh, right? So what are you going to lean into when the, when the pressure's on? I spent a lot of time thinking I was leaning into God, right? Thinking I was doing it right, thinking that I could do it out of my own strength. God, I'll, I'll, I'll do this and I'll say a scripture after it. You know, right? I mean, I'm, I'm just being real, right? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I believe God wants me to do this, right? I don't know how many times in my walk I said, man, I believe God wants me to do this. And then I'd walk it out a while. And that while, I'm, I'm, I'm not, t- I walked a lot of things out a long time thinking it was God and not having any results in it. I'm good at holding bean fields, right? But see, a lot of the church, I'm going to say it, a lot of the church will blame and say, I don't know if this is God, I'm not feeling the grace. Hmm. Okay. You know what? God told me that your mind feels, but your heart believes. Fire. Right? Fire. Church, we sometimes, some, at some point, we need to grow up. I could say this because I'm getting old. You're all here to celebrate that, so. And I thought for a while there was, this was a, there, we were having an obituary service, not a celebration service. Like, like he was, 
Now, honestly, I'll be honest with you. When pastor asked me that, I said, oh, no, we don't, we don't need to do that. I'm not dead yet. We don't need to celebrate me. I'm not dead yet. You know, celebrate me, celebrate my life. Oh, he's so faithful. He's so good. He's so wonderful. Yeah. You know, celebrate that when I'm gone. I still, I still got a lot of life left to live. But, but that's just, that's, see, that's my soul. That's my soul. That's my soul. When pastor said that, I'm like, oh, no, pastor, we don't have to do that. You know, I don't want to, you know what that means? I don't want to do that. I don't want anybody looking at me. What I want you to do is look at Jesus, the author and the finisher. Right? Hebrews 5 says that Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered. So, church, anybody want to take a guess at the quiz question? That is, how will you learn obedience? Haven't heard the answer yet. I guess, I guess a joyful heart is like a medicine. Well, I could say, well, he who sits in heaven laughs. I'm just sitting in heaven, Pastor. I'm laughing because I don't really want to answer the question that... Mm, thank you, Kristen. That's a good word. Could <laughs> yep. See? Amen. And I agree. See, because to make, to, for, for the church, for me, for the church to grow up, and I'll say me, but I mean the church, right? Because we are one body. Right? That the church down the street and the one around the corner and the one in the second row, right? All one body. God's going to grow up that church to make it a bride that doesn't have any spots or wrinkles. So for him to, you know, let me, let me ask you a question. How do you get wrinkles out of your clothes? With pressure and heat. And heat and pressure. Oh, pastor, that's not a good word. That's not encouraging. You should say nice things. It's your birthday. I am saying nice things. So don't wonder why you got a little pressure in your life. James said, when you get a little pressure in your life, count it all joy. Why? Because God says, I'm going to get that wrinkle out Don't always get a lot of amens on that one. Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. Now, Jesus wasn't sick. Jesus didn't walk with a limp. Right? Forget, the, forget that suffering somehow has to be to the carnal. It's not to the carnal. It's not to your flesh. That's not the kind of pressure Jesus is letting put on you. That's so not doctrine. That's so not God. Cast that thought down with every vain imagination. That's not who God is. God puts pressure on your soul. 
God allows pressure on your soul so he can reveal your heart. So you can see your heart. He already sees it. Right? Because that's how he looks at me. He doesn't look at the flesh. Say, Brian, you can drop a few pounds before you come back next time. He doesn't look at the flesh. He looks at the heart. Right? He looks at the heart. That's how God sees me. So if my heart is close to him, if my heart's in the spirit, if I'm, if I'm pressing in, if I set my mind on things above where Christ is, right? If, I, if, I'm, if I'm in that, then that's how he sees me. If my heart goes wandering off into other things, which it does, then he'll, he'll draw you back. That's what he does. So when Christian says, oh, there's a big stretching coming, of course there is, because my soul needs a big stretching. I don't know about you, when I take the wrinkled shirt and put it on the ironing board, I give it a little pull first and kind of get it where I want it to be. It's all God's doing. He's saying, you need a little more more stretching. About these fancy pants, they got a little stretch in them, you know. That's all. God knows you. He's going to... You learn obedience by, the, by being put into pressure. So that when you're under pressure, you can choose. And again, here's the thing. You can choose to lean back into him by the spirit. Not in your own strength, but in the spirit. Right? You, learn, you, get, you know how you get rest for your soul? You get rest for your soul, according to, to Matthew 11, says, Come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Anybody heavy laden? You're not heavy laden now because you're in church. But I guarantee in the next couple of days, somewhere along the line, some pressure is going to be put on you and you're going to get a little heavy. You're going to be carrying something that you're not supposed to. Right? And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me. Learn. So you're not going to learn, you're not going to do it right the first time, right? Don't expect to do it right. Give yourself some, some grace, right? That's an amen, church. Amen. Give yourself some grace to learn to walk in the Spirit. Amen. Don't be a fool that thinks you are when you're not. For I'm gentle and lowly, and I will give you rest for your soul. That word soul is suke. It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. God's giving rest for your soul. Right? Uh, I don't know where it is, but it just popped into my head. You know how you, It's probably Hebrews, because everything is in Hebrews lately, where you cease from your striving. Right? Hebrews 4. You, if you cease from your striving... You're entering into rest. Right? Cease from your own way. See, a backslider in heart is filled with his own ways. Right? So when you find yourself in your own ways, just acknowledge it. Gee, I'm backsliding. I find my, you know, it's, it's like when you're driving on, in your car and you've got the GPS on. And it says to go right, but you're in the left lane, right? You're in the wrong spot. 
you didn't, you didn't, all of a sudden it came up too quickly? I just go left. Beta always says, it's the other right. Right? I just, I just go that way and then turn around. Right? So when, I, when I'm filled with my own ways, which I will be, again, have a little grace for yourself. You're going to do it because you're learning Jesus. You're learning him. Right? So when I find myself backsliding, because the backslider's filled with his own ways, then I just, I just go, oh, okay, that's where I'm at. I must have taken a wrong turn. I must have went the other right. Right? And acknowledge it. Then you go back to Diana's scripture. Now acknowledge it. I'm going to acknowledge it. You know, God, I just went the wrong way. I'm sorry. Forgive me if, 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 it, was, if it was stupidity. God forgives stupidity. He does. I'm living proof. Right? So, 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 if, it, so if, if, if you did it because you didn't know, if you find yourself there, then just get, just get, back, on the, get back on the right track. Come back. Get out of your ways. Get back to his way. How do you get back to his way? First of all, cease from striving. Enter into his rest. Call upon his name. Pray. Read the scripture. Grab a scripture. The Holy Spirit's going to remind you of a scripture. He's going to remind you. Why? Because that's his job. Because he's going to remind you of the things that Jesus spoke. And Jesus spoke all of this, whether he actually isn't read or not read. Right? Because he's the living logos that's becoming the living rhema inside of his church. Right? So he's going to remind you of something. You may, and again, have a little grace for yourself. You may not remember where it's at. You know, when Jesus spoke the New Testament in the Gospels, there was no numbers next to him. Okay? Again, I just say it because a lot of people get so tight and I got to know exactly where it is and exactly, and I got to... Have a little grace for your soul. If the Holy Spirit reminds you of a scripture, then lean into it. Draw from him. Find your rest. Get the peace that passes God and passes all my understanding. Right? That washes over your soul, washes you with the water of the word, gets you back into place. Then you're leaning into him, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is good. You can go look it up on Google later. No, because again, we get, I don't know about you, I get sidetracked. I miss hearing what Holy Spirit's saying because I'm too busy trying to dice it up or find the right place. Or where did he say that? Or, right? Is it just me? So, so a little more grace. Grace for your soul. I think that's what I'd call this today if I had, it, I had to give it something. It's grace for your soul. See, I'm willing to give you grace for your soul. I'm just not as quick to give me grace for my soul. Right? I'll end with this one scripture. I went long. I even went longer than you. Man. Payback. Payback. <laughs> Hosea 14. Well, I'll end with this. 14.1 says, O Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Iniquity is your way, right? 
You've done it your way. Right? You've stumbled because of your iniquity. When you return, take words with you and return to the Lord. Okay? Take words. Bring, bring words. And I, but I've, if I've learned anything in the last year, God doesn't really want to hear what I have to say. He doesn't want my opinion. He doesn't care about my thoughts. Most of the time he spends his time dissecting them, discerning between my thoughts and the intentions of my heart so that I'll see it. So he really doesn't need my opinion on what he's, whether he's doing it right or wrong. I bring back his words. I bring back his word. So if he's spoken to you something, and you're, then bring it back. Bring it back to him. Father, I thank you today that I was backsliding. Thank you that your Holy Spirit reminded me I was in the midst of my own ways and my own thoughts. And so I come back to you, Jesus. I come back. I draw near. And I know that if I draw near to you, you'll draw near to me. And I thank you. See, that's how I return to him. I talk to him. I use my words. You know what? Some of the worst conversations in my life I didn't even participate in. Because my soul, when put under pressure, wants to be quiet. Doesn't want to be wrong. Doesn't want to do it wrong. It gets quiet. And that's not a conversation. Okay? God wants to hear you speak. He wants you to bring back who you are back to him. Because he loves you just the way you are. Now, he is trying and will complete you to be transformed into the image of his son. And I don't know about you, I'm a long way from his son. So I know he needs to do that. So would you stand with me and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you today. I thank you that in the midst of our days, in our journey that you are well acquainted with who we are in our soul well acquainted with who I am so Father I thank you thank you that you gave us the Holy Spirit Jesus said it was expedient that I leave so I can send you another to comfort to come alongside to help to remind you thank you Holy Spirit for reminding us thank you for reminding us of the words of Jesus. Remind me when I'm in my under pressure, when I've gone on my own way, when I thought I was doing it right, when I leaned into what is my flesh, to the carnal thoughts. Jesus, I thank you that you never leave nor forsake. You come right alongside by your Holy Spirit and you remind us. So I thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you. Father, help us to have grace. Help us to give grace. I thank you for right now that we would receive the peace of God that passes all understanding that would God our heart and our mind, our soul in Christ Jesus. We thank you for that, Jesus. We give you praise in your son's name. Amen. <laughs>